to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Welcome everyone and thank you for having me up here again. Uh, It's going to be very exciting for me. I hope you'll enjoy the message as much as I really, really, you know, enjoyed putting it together. Today I am preaching on Psalms 23. Now, Psalms 23 is quite possibly one of the best-known pieces of literature from our Bible. Quite often you'll hear it somewhere, and even people that are not Christians will be able to recognize it as something that comes from our Christian Bible. Most of us would have heard it before, probably a number of times, and some of us might even have memorized it. It really does sort of roll off the tongue. If you will please join me in reading Psalm 23. First part, Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. So the one you've got up there, King James, the one I just read, New International. Similar, but slightly different. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his sake, or for his name's sake. The psalm is really nice. It's very restful. It's calm and very reassuring. We are sheep. God is our shepherd. And being God, he's a very good shepherd, and he's going to lead us to everything that we need. Water, food, uh, when we're scared, like sheep sometimes do get, he'll sing us a little shepherd song, maybe play on his shepherd flute. And our souls that become really restless can rest in him. And we know that he will guide us along the right paths when sometimes we get a bit lost. And that part of the psalm we are all very familiar with. God does the work, and basically we simply have to follow. We follow him in faith, and we know that everything is going to be all right. We can rest easy. God will take care of it all, and he is going to provide. Those first few verses are very comforting. Funnily enough, they're not my favorite part of this psalm. My favorite part is verse 4. Though I walk through the valley... Of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. In the Amplified Bible, it reads, Your rod and staff will comfort, guide, and protect me. From that, we get even more reassurance. Not only is God going to give us everything we need as far as food and water and everything is concerned, going to make sure that we don't get lost, but he's also going to protect us. All in all, this psalm paints a picture of a shepherd that is very, very good. And those sheep are very, very lucky. All they have to do is eat, drink, sleep, frolic in the grass, and then follow their shepherd from pasture to pasture, and he will protect them from the wolves. 
If you think that we don't have wolves in New Zealand, believe me, we've got a lot of spiritual wolves around here. And they come in all shapes and sizes. Job loss, financial trouble, illness, relationship issues, work problems, just so many, too many to name. Anyone here can relate to one of those wolves? All had some of them somewhere. And sometimes that soft but persistent howling of that wolf is something only we can hear. It starts in the background of your mind, and then as time goes by, it has the capacity to grow. And it becomes all-consuming, and in the end, that wolf is all you can see. It is all you can think about and all you can hear. And at that time, then we, we, we kind of lose focus. We forget about where God is because we forget to keep our eyes on our shepherd. We start being consumed by the fear. And when we stay close to God, he protects us. But when we're not close to him, we get paralyzed by the fear. And that fear overwhelms us when the wolves start howling and they want to destroy us. And not giving in to that fear can be very, very difficult. A couple of years ago, our daughter Dominique uh, got very sick very fast. And over the course of only three days, we could see her deteriorating. And we took her to hospital a couple of times, and they sent us home again and again. Now, by day three, she was struggling to remain conscious, and only then did they actually admit her to hospital. Three hours after we arrived there, she was in ICU, and she was in a coma. To see your child go from happy and healthy to being in a coma, that is a very scary wolf. And I know not giving in to fear, especially at times like that, can be very difficult. The good thing about our good shepherd, as Jesus told us, is that when we lose sight of God, when we get lost, when we are paralyzed with fear, our good shepherd will leave the flock of 99 and he will come and find us. He will come and save us because he is a good shepherd. He knows us and he understands the manner of sheep. He knows we want to be brave, but sometimes trying to be brave and actually being brave is two different things. Sometimes we get scared by the sound of those wolves. Sometimes we look away, and those dark shadows, yeah, those bad things hiding in those shadows, they attract our attention, and we forget to look at the light, and we forget to look at our shepherd. And then it says, your rod and your staff will comfort, guide, and protect me. God's rod is there to smite the wolf on the head and chase away all the bad things. And his staff, it's got a crook at the top. It's there to kind of hook us back, to bring us back into the fold, to take us away from the danger and bring us back to where his love is. Psalm 23 is a great psalm. It provides us with lots of reassurance of the goodness of God. We know that he'll look after us. 
that is going to care for us. He will protect us. And when we get lost, he will come and find us. Now, Psalm 23 does not say that there won't be wolves. And it does not say that the wolves won't be scary. On the day that Dominique was taken into ICU in the coma, the specialist told us, your daughter is very sick, and she's probably got an 80% chance on survival. And you go, whoa. And by day two, they said it was about 50-50. By day three, the specialist told us that her chances of surviving this illness was 20%. That is the thundering howl of a very scary wolf. And at times like that, we can become so focused on the enemy that we become paralyzed with fear. That sense of dread that takes hold of us, it gives us tunnel vision. And all you can see is your wolf. All you can think is the wolf. And that fear, that dread, that is one of the enemy's greatest weapons. Because when we're paralyzed, we do nothing. When our focus is turned into tunnel vision and all we can see is the enemy and the overwhelming odds are stacked against us, well, we can't see God. And David knew this. But David also knew God. He knew that God is stronger and bigger than spiritual wolves and that they can come and they want to try and steal. They steal our health. They want to try and steal our financial securities, our relationships. They want to steal our joy. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort, guide, and protect me. So as his sheep, we hold on to God. We trust in him. And we have faith that when we fail, that he will come and rescue us. Like I said, it's a very encouraging psalm. And I could stop right there. If all we ever want to be a sheep. But we are called to be more than just sheep. We are also called to be warriors to join in this battle with God, to fight against the forces of darkness and death and destruction, and to fight against those wolves. We're also called to stand in the gap for those that are too weak to fight for themselves. And by standing in the gap, once again, we are spiritually fighting a battle, just like we had to go and stand in the gap for Dom when she was too sick to pray for herself. And now the question is, how do we prepare for this battle? What weapons can we use against these dark forces that want to come and steal our joy and drive a wedge between us and God? And we find our answer in Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18. The armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, and the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of the evil in heavenly realms. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, that you can stand your ground and that after everything else is done, you will still be standing. Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all of the Lord's people. When we prepare for battle, we get dressed in the full armor, we're ready for battle, and we start worshiping our King of Kings. When a wolf starts howling, I really would suggest start drowning out those howls by putting some praise and music on. It is like just praising and worshiping and singing, even if you sing really badly, crank up the sound, doesn't matter. It makes it a lot more difficult for a wolf to isolate us from God if we're busy praising God. Next, listen to the Holy Spirit. Realize when you're in the middle of a spiritual battle and then take action. If it's a big battle, don't go into it alone. Even Jason Bourne gets people to help him out from time to time. So when it's a big battle, you know, go get the rest of your army. Get people to pray with you. The bigger the battle is, the bigger the army we need. So go on and rally your troops. At the time that Dom was in the coma, we belonged to the Yelm group of churches at that time. And we contacted our pastor, and he contacted all the churches in the country. Then we contacted our pastor in South Africa that we used to go to. Now, we hadn't been there for like seven years, but still we contacted them. And then that group of churches there started praying for him. We had family in the UK and in the USA. We asked them to tell their churches to pray. And Daniel's mom has about three Christian Facebook pages, and she's got a couple of thousand people that belong to each of those. And we got everyone, everyone to pray. Dom had been given a 20% chance on surviving this thing. An 80% chance of dying. This was going to be a big battle, and we needed a big army. In the end, with all the people that we had, there was about 250,000 people praying for her. That's a lot. It's a strong army. It was a big battle. And she's alive today. We can win. We have to stand together, but we can win. So, when you find yourself in a spiritual battle, and when evil is falling upon you, be prepared. Don't just be a sheep. Don't just stand there trembling. Go on and put on your armor and rally your troops and take up the battle. How are we going to do this? 
Well, we use our sword. God gave it to us. It's his word. And Jesus showed us exactly how to do this. In Matthew 4, we read that every time that the devil tempted him, Jesus fought back using scripture. The devil would say, oh, but what about this and this? And then Jesus would go, nah, souls broke, it's written. And then he would just smack him with it. So that's his sword. He fights with it. And if Jesus fought the forces of darkness with the sword of the spirit, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be good enough for us as well. So if you have nothing else to fight with, then I would suggest that you use Psalm 23, verse 4. Start your battle there. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But then make it your own. Pray it out loud. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of illness, I will not fear death, because I believe that God is my healer. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of a broken relationship, I will stay strong and I'll hold on to God's promises that he will never leave me nor forsake me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of losing my job, I will fear no evil, but I'll hold on to God's promise that he has good things planned for me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of whatever the devil wants to throw at me, I will fear no evil, because my God has a rod, and he will protect me against the powers of darkness. And he's got a staff, and he will rescue me. He'll pull me back. He'll pull me away from evil. So in your moments of fear and dread, pray that verse over and over. Do it again and again and again until that prayer is all you can hear. Drown out your wolf with that prayer. Pick up your sword and fight and pray and chase them away. Psalm 23 is a great place to start our swordsmanship training. But like anything else, to get proficient, you need to know more than one move. In any army, you need to know that you're going to be attacked from many sides, and you need to be able to defend yourself. And knowing only one verse is like knowing one move with your sword. Forward. <laughs> Boom. Forward. And it's a great start. It's a magnificent start. But, you know, there's a lot more that you can do with a sword. Just give a sword to a little one, like a three, four-year-old, and see all the moves they come up with. Our Bible is 23,145 verses long. That's a lot. It gives us thousands of maneuvers that we can do with our sword. Just think about that. 23,000 different ways of attacking or defending yourself. It would be an absolute waste to stick with just one maneuver. Let us learn. Let us practice. And let us become proficient. And be the warrior you were called to be in Ephesians 6. Resting in God and being nurtured by him is sometimes needed because we get tired and it's a wonderful privilege for us to be able to rest in God and to know that he will look after us 
But I want to encourage you to be more than just sheep. Choose to be a warrior as well. Pick up your sword. Get to know your Bible. Fight and practice. And then when the wolves start howling, call on your Christian family. Call on them. Get them to pray with you. And my friends, I encourage you to fight. With that being said, will you please join me in prayer? Father God, thank you for being not just a good shepherd, but for being the best shepherd ever, one that provides us with everything we need, a shepherd that keeps us safe, that loves us, that will come looking for us when we get lost, one that will defend us when we're being attacked. Lord, help us to mature in our faith, to become more than just sheep. Teach us how to fight so that we can join in your army. Lord, make us brave so that we don't give in to fear. And then also make us sensitive to your spirit so that we can hear when you're speaking to us. We can hear your voice when times are tough. Father, give us compassion for each other so that we can notice when someone else is under attack and help us to see those signs and that we can pray for each other as well. Father, bless us that we can be a praying church, a mighty army in your name, one that will take the battle with a sword in hand and praise on our lips. Lord, bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Father, that we can get on our knees and fight for our people, fight for our families, fight for our town and fight for our country. Lord, that we can become mighty warriors in your name and knowing that we can rest because in the end, the battle belongs to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it